everyone, and welcome to the Riffing on Realness podcast. I'm Carla Royal, a mindset and performance coach working with high-achieving entrepreneurs, and with me is Jennifer Flynn, an intuitive business strategist. If you are wrestling with how to be real in the midst of rampant superficiality, and it's causing you to overthink, be too guarded, and not live your potential, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, Jennifer and I explore how dropping the masks, being real and vulnerable, can help us connect, adapt, and find a richness of experience amid the chaos. We're glad you're here, and we invite you to tune in, slow down, and listen for your own wisdom. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. It's good to see you and good to have our listeners here. Uh, Jen and I, as always, have been uh, chatting before we hit record so that we can see what's most alive in us, uh, which we can share because this podcast is all about realness and we like to riff on realness. And today, Jen is going to introduce our topic to us and we're going to dive right in. Awesome. Well, I am so thrilled to be here and be back with all of the listeners. And I think, you know, what what we were talking about prior to hit and record, you know, I just led a three-day event and certainly this was an omnipresent experience within the event when I'm asking business owners to say yes to themselves and those that they serve in more powerful ways, but also showing up in my own life where, you know, I've been in, um, in experiences with others and, and, you know, waiting on others to make decisions or commitments and, Across all of those um, experiences recently, the one thing that kind of stands out is commitment and convenience don't live on the same street. And when we think about commitment and convenience and we tie that to the power of decision making in our lives, it's rarely the fact that you're going to, again, get commitment and convenience on the same street. When we're making decisions, we're going to have to choose between what's convenient or commit to something that's greater than ourselves because when we're stretching, when we're growing, when we're doing powerful things, those things are rarely convenient and they do call us forth to do uncomfortable things. And I think, you know, when we think about who we serve, Carla, being, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, um, you know, there's a difference between people who get up in the morning and they brush their teeth and they get their, put their pants on and they get dressed and they go to work and they come home and they make dinner and they watch TV. And then they make, uh, they, you know, go to bed and they get up and do the same thing the next morning. There's a, there, there's not a lot of discomfort that goes with that kind of um, consistency. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I want to be very clear about that. But there is a, a, a type of individual who's called forth to more, who knows that they are meant for more. And they, those are the people who are doing uncomfortable things. And when we think about the choices that we make in our, in our lives and in our businesses, the easy ones are typically not the ones that move us forward. The convenient ones are not the ones that are going to propel massive action. And if there is one universal constant in decision-making, it's that we always live in the results of our choices. For better or for worse, that is the one thing we can always count on is, is that. I think this is a great topic. Uh, I can, I mean, just so many things just sort of ble- uh, flooded my br- ble- my brain. My- <laughs> my- like the, there's a log jam of thought. <laughs> it flooded my brain and now I can't speak. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And, and also just about people who do do the same thing every day, which entrepreneurs typically don't, uh, or often don't, um, you know, they, they are certainly making hard choices too, and, and dealing with all kinds of things going on. And as you said, it's not a better than it's just a, it's just a, a different than, uh, but yeah, Jen, that whole, how did you say it? Convenience commit? How did you say it? Commitment and convenience do not live on the same street. Okay. I like that. Yes, 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 yes. I think it's easy to make a commitment and then very, very uncomfortable to follow through on the commitment because it is so uncomfortable. And um, I also think it's like it's a it's a change in a dance, if you will. It's like I, I've I've lived this certain way and now I'm going to make a commitment to do something differently. And I was just on the phone with a client about this. In fact, who's making a huge change in her business and she's just freaking out a little bit. You know, she's committed to what she knows what she wants. She's committed to it. But what she's running into right now is that it's not happening fast enough. Um, You know, she's, it's freaking out parts of her that have always done it a certain way. And it's sort of like you've lived in this particular dance step with whatever, and now you're changing the dance and it's really, really uncomfortable. I remember years and years and years ago, I was playing tennis and somebody said, you know, your tennis uh, grip is wrong. And I was doing pretty well. I'm an athlete. I was actually doing pretty well. And they said, you got to change your grip if you want to get any better. And I changed my grip, Jen, And the damn thing didn't work. I could not hit the ball because I was so used to hitting it with a certain grip. And so the truth is, Jen, it wasn't convenient. It wasn't comfortable. And I never did change my grip. And I I prevented myself from becoming a much better tennis person. Now, that's no big deal, right? But it is a big deal with some other things where we want to make changes. We want to make that commitment. We make the commitment for a week or two or four. And then it's so easy to fall back into old habits and old patterns. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It really is. And, you know, I think there's an interesting component to this. And, you know, I'll draw an experience in my own life recently where somebody was very much on the fence of a decision and had really for more than a year had been stuck in the space um, of this decision. And when we have a big decision on the deck, again, commitment over convenience, uh, there's, there's also this element of you cannot steer a parked car. And so he had made a decision immediately regretted the decision that he'd made and said that it did not, he knew as soon as he made it, it didn't feel good. But the silver lining to that in my, in my experience was, well, at least your car's not in park. So you made the choice that you didn't want. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the interesting thing. Once we're out on the highway and we're driving, you can change lanes. You can take a left, you can take a right, you can turn that thing around. And sometimes until we've made a decision, we don't we don't know until the aftermath of that decision whether we feel an, a space of relief and like, yes, it was the right one or a, an experience of dread of like, oh God, this isn't the right one. The point is you are no longer parked in the parking lot. You are no longer in park. You went in motion. So if you love the decision that you made and it feels great, then hit the freaking gas and keep going. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel good, turn around, take a left, make a U-turn, or hit the gas and pass and get ahead 
and then make a course correction. But the point is you're in motion. Mm -hmm. And whether, you know, when we're living in the results of our choices, so if you don't like it, change it. You could, there's another decision around the corner of the decisions that we just made. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing to then say, well, I chose convenience and I didn't like this. Okay, well, the car's out of park. So what choice am I going to make now? Mm -hmm. Am I going to turn around at the next exit or am I going to just keep driving it into the ground? Again, they're all choices, but I don't believe in life there is any choice that we can't come back from. And I recently wrote a blog post. Um, actually, I think it was actually in my magazine, not in my blog, but I was talking about how, you know, burning bridges, you know, we're all, sometimes what keeps us in indecision is the fear that we're going to burn a bridge. Mm -hmm. I've kind of always been of the mind whenever somebody has talked to me about that, my first thought is, yeah, but I can freaking swim. I love that. Yeah. And, and sometimes in this, you know, one of my friends told me about this lyric to a song by Don Henley that the, sometimes the greatest light is that from a burning bridge. It's a series of choices, but even burning bridges, we can still come back from. Mm -hmm. You can swim. Yeah. Or you can drive on down to the next bridge, or maybe that bridge wasn't meant for you and you're supposed to build your own somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But I think the key is to just try to get out of indecision. Whether it's the right choice or the wrong choice, commitment and convenience. If you chose convenience, you can choose commitment next. I love that. And I, 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 it's sort of, you know, we've all heard that metaphor about the boat in the, in the uh, harbor, you know, it's so hard to turn a boat in the harbor. You got to get it out into the ocean and then it's easier to turn. It's the same concept. And I absolutely agree with you. I've had people many times say, you know, but what if you make the wrong decision? And I'm like, what if you make the wrong decision? So well, no decision is a decision. Well, you're right. It is. But I, I can remember when I moved down to Florida People are like, well, what about climate change? And what about this? And what about that? And you're going to be miserable down there. And I'm like, you know what? It's an adventure. If I don't like it, I'll leave. And now I'm in Asheville. And I loved it. I loved Florida while I was there. And then I made the decision to leave. And that's the thing. You know, your decisions are not as important as you. I mean, they're important, Jen. I don't want to say they're not important, but they're not. Most, most decisions we make, most decisions, I'm not going to say all, we can change course. Most decisions we can change course. And I think that so many people don't make decisions because they're terrified of what might happen if they do and if they make a wrong decision. But it's like, it's like that, that whole thing we've said so many times that failure is the path to success. You know, I learn a little bit more about myself every time I make this decision and I follow it. I make the decision, I commit to it, and I go with it. Every time I do that, I learn something more about myself that gives me information for the next decision. So I think we we want people to uh, to not be so afraid. And I also know that there's time to sit back and wait. You know, I know for me that when I am, when I make a decision, here's what happens to me, Jen, I'll make a decision, I'm committed, and then I get all anxious about it, about making it happen, right? About following through, about getting there. And then I start to push it the way I want it to go. Okay, so now I'm pushing. There's this frenetic, dramatic energy. I'm all jacked up. I'm trying to force something to happen that I believe is the best thing that I want to happen, that I'm committed to happening. And then I push, 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 push. And inevitably it's, it's not a good thing. So there's this balance in your commitment that it's not this, 
this pushing, um, desperate pushing energy to make something happen. It's sort of like we we've talked about before the the rosebud. You know, when that rosebud is there, uh, we're so anxious to see the 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 rose in bloom that we might be tempted to peel back the buds, the 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 petals to open them faster and that ruins it. So as we make decisions, we have to allow for them too to come to fruition and not force it. The law of gestation does play a role. I mean, the baby that's but the interesting thing is sometimes too while that law of gestation, you know, we need things to um to develop fully before they're born, you also can't put the baby back in. That's right. I think there was, I saw this Facebook meme that I recently shared that was, um, it said a short story about decisions. And it was just a photograph of um, a doorway and there was snow and there was only one paw print in the snow. (laughs) And I think, you know, that was such an interesting (laughs) thing to me. It was like, okay, well, I put my foot out. Oh, it's snow. There wasn't two paw prints. There wasn't four. It was one paw print and back in. You know, sometimes it is, you know, you, you can't, you don't know until you take the first step. That's right. And the greatest distance is from zero to one. One of my mentors had said this to me when I was course creating courses and she's like, the greatest distance is from zero to one, getting from, getting from nothing to one person signing up after that one to two, two to three, the distance become between each next one becomes shorter. Now we think about this in the linear fashion of math and it doesn't make sense. But when you think about just overcoming inertia, the greatest distance from zero to one is the longest. And we just need to get to one. You just need to take one step. And that's the step out of the parking lot and go, oh, nope, not for me. Or, hmm, maybe I can deal with this. Or, oh, crap. Now we're on an adventure, whatever it is, it's the short story about decisions. I love that. I've seen that meme and it's just beautiful. But you know what? That cat did put a a paw out there and test it. And I think we're so afraid to test things. And I think we're afraid too. I think we also have these these, uh, beliefs that we've somehow come, come to in our minds that we you know, these perceptions, these beliefs or whatever, that we won't enjoy this or like that or whatever. And we don't even try things anymore. You know, as kids, we just try everything. We just test everything. We're so curious. And somewhere along the line, that gets dampened down and we no longer do that. I remember, Jen, um, a few years ago when I first moved down here, some friends wanted to take me out on a, a fishing boat. And I said, well, I don't fish. I don't like to fish. And but I would love to go out on the boat. I love to be on a boat and I'll photograph everything. And so we get out on the boat and, and now this is, I totally 100% believe what I just told you, Jen, I get on the boat. Um, they make me say, they just said, put this, this pole in your hand. Let's just try it once. I'm like, all right, I'll try it once. I tried it once, Jen. I never looked back. I fell in love with fishing, which so shocked me. I had no idea, but if I hadn't, if I had been so committed and attached to my belief that I hate to fish and that I wouldn't fish, I would have never had so much joy over the over the the, the years in Florida that I had that I became galloping. Yeah. So yeah. So I you know I love the idea of people testing. You know, putting a foot out there and testing. And but I do want to say that there is a time where you might test 
and it feels too cold in the cat's place, but there may be something really, really cool out there if the cat was just willing to explore a little bit further than that one footprint. There might be something really cool for that cat to explore. So I do like the idea of the one step out. I also like the idea of taking several steps out and seeing, really seeing if this is what you want. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's also a matter of fear that comes with that. Um, you know, we, we talk about fear of failure, but I think there's just also just kind of general fear and, you know, the path fear is the path. We are never, we are biologically wired for fear. We're never going to be without it, but it is the, the battle of breaking through that, that gives us also the resiliency to deal with difficult things. Because if we never step into decisions that cause hardships, or if we never do things that commitment, um, is required, then where do we get grit, tenacity, and resiliency, which I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, those of us who have that component are more, probably more wired for that in, sen in the sense that we have less aversion than somebody who's who's not. And again, there's no nothing disparaging about it. It's just a difference, an observation that um, in how people are wired. And it requires all of us to make the world go round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a uh, I have a company I work with that they are doing just extraordinarily well, but they sort of hit what they believed was a plateau and they couldn't find a way to, to get beyond that plateau. So they decided that they were going to sell. And uh, they went round and around about this thinking they were going to sell, they explored and everything. And then, um, then one of their, uh, then a friend of theirs said, you know, I think you're just afraid. I think you're afraid to push through the, the plateau. And I think that if you, um, go do something else, you're going to find the same problem happening. So what would happen if you just pushed through? And they did, they said they, they, it just hit them between the eyes. They were like, this Brit. is it. This is it. And so they, that talking about commitment, it wasn't convenient. It wasn't comfortable for them. They wanted to take the easy way out. They could have made some good money on selling their business. And um, they realized that that the they had reached a point in their commitment that it was no longer convenient. It was no longer comfortable. And they realized um, they, they were able to to kind of see um, past their blind spot about that and say, um, you know what, we are going to stick with our commitment and we're going to push through and see what we can do. And they did. I mean, they really, really pushed through and, and having amazing results, but it was sort of like that, that confrontation with themselves and their commitment uh, had to happen. And then they had to stick with it to see it through. And, and I just, I love that because it does get tough. You know, we make these decisions, it gets, it can get really tough. And some decisions are absolutely worth sticking out and, and seeing it all the way through um, and other decisions, maybe not so much, maybe other decisions, um, it's a little bit easier to pivot or or shift and maybe the right thing to do. That whole Kenny Loggins song, which of course tells you, tells our listeners my age, you, know, you got to know when to hold them, got to know when to fold them, got to know when to walk. That's away. Kenny Rogers, not oh. Loggins. Oh yeah. Kenny but I, Rogers. I just quoted right. Don Henley. Right. So, I mean, so yeah. <laughs> It's, we're, we're not we're not talking the Katy Perry's or Taylor Swift's of the world over here. No, no, we're not. Yeah. 
I mean, so true. And I, I think what a, what a tremendous gift of, of inquiry for somebody to say, you know, Hey, what if you just push through? And if you don't, do you run the risk of this being the same situation down the road? I think that's an important kind of point to make for, for us and our listeners is that, you know, before you change course of action, asking yourself, like, is this, do I follow me wherever I go? Mm-hmm. And am I part of the thing that's causing the challenge? Is there a change that needs to occur within me versus changing my external circumstance? And with the your client and saying, you know, I'm going to sell the company because we've hit this plateau and then I'm going to go start something else or pursue something else. Well, could you run into that same problem again? And I think the reality is we can and the reality, we will. Sometimes we will because sometimes we do need to learn the same lesson in a different format to really master it. I know I've gotten much better in my adult years of saying to myself, hmm, okay, I've seen this before. What do I need to learn from it this time to ensure that I don't need to revisit this and I can trade up for a better quality problem? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that kind of yellow brick road to Oz where we're all on our own yellow brick road and we've all got our own Oz and every brick on this road being a challenge that we have to face it, own it, solve it before we can move to the next brick. And sometimes we're making lateral moves on that road because we just don't learn the the thing that we need to learn um, in that one way. And so I've been try I've tried to be more conscious and even in, you know, an experience that I've just recently had, it's like, okay, is there a repeat here between the last time I was here and this time when I'm here that there's some sort of thing that I need to learn? Um, am I making, am I just making poor choices? Is it about somebody else? Is it about me? You know, I, no judgment for any of it, just observing my own self from a place of how can I really master the learning in this case so that I don't need to have it on a, on a repeating loop. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that plays a big role in our decision-making as well Is are we getting the learning? Well, and how do we, um, how do we do that with ourselves with compassion and without the judgment, without the super duper analysis? I have a friend who repeated a relationship um, pattern of hers that she thought she maybe had mastered and she was so down on herself. And I'm like, look, the thing is, you you caught it much, 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 much earlier. And you dealt with it much, 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 much faster. To me, that is good news. You know, to me, that is your learning your lesson. So we have to be very careful that we don't think that these things are one and done. And if we do keep repeating it, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And I, as you say, that awareness is so, so important. And that observation of ourselves is what's so important without the judgment, without the hyper analysis. I mean, it's good to analyze to a degree, but we can get, at least I can get caught up in hyper analysis and, and trying to prevent these things when it's like, it's okay. If I have to repeat this lesson again, it's okay. I mean, I can't say that I'm thrilled about it, but what I can say is, because I do, I repeat the same issues again and again. But what I know for a fact is that I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it, Jen. And, and, you know, so if I do find myself in a similar pattern again, I'll see it earlier and I'll move through it faster and, and, and be ready for the next lesson. But I, I'm curious, Jen, in our time left, um, you know, how do people know? Um, I have some thoughts on this. I'm sure you do too. How do people know 
um, the difference between a commitment that really does need to be seen through and a commitment that maybe needs to be let go? Well, in my in my opinion, I think it comes down to a lot about how you feel more than the logistics and the tactical nature of it. And I just, you know, taught three days on this um, recently, you know, and having an aligned business and the elements, you know, that we need in order for that to be the case. And for me, I believe engineering goals from a place of feeling is the most important. And so when we make a decision, to me, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but to me, the immediate aftermath of making a decision tells me a lot about whether or not I made the right one and how do I know is based on how I feel. Do I feel a sense of relief? Do I feel a sense of fear yet an excitement of like it's scary because I don't know what to do, but because it's worth doing kind of fear? Um, however, if I make a decision and I feel regret or I feel in my body like sick, discomfort, that heaviness, that knot, that can't catch a full breath. Other part to this is how do I sleep the mm. night after I make a decision? Like I'd recently just told my prospective members, it's like, I want you to have the best night of sleep. Because my cousin had told me once, and I think it's so true. We were talking about when my marriage was ending and he's like, how are you sleeping at night? And I'm like, what do you mean, man? I sleep like shit all the time. And he's like, no, I know you don't sleep much, but how are you sleeping at night? Like if it's keeping you up all night, then that's a problem. But even though something's hard and something's difficult, if you're still sleeping at night, you can pretty much guarantee you're on the right track. And I do think that there are some very big elements to that of how are you sleeping at night? So, I mean, it comes down to how are you feeling and am I going to sleep the night at night after I make that decision? If I'm not sleeping at night, I need to make a different decision. And that and, and the, all that you described is not exactly the same for me. Uh, because oftentimes I have a hit on a decision and I know it's the right decision. And then after the fact, I start to hyperanalyze it and get myself in trouble with it. And then I don't sleep. So even if it's the right decision, I know it's the right decision. So one of the ways that, that I can I do it is it's not it's like it's it's not just my feelings. It's a certain quality of feeling for me. So I have feelings. We've talked about this on this podcast I have feelings that are very dramatic, thoughts and feelings that are very, very dramatic. When my thoughts and feelings are very, very dramatic, then I know that they're not accurate. I know that I'm revved up. I know that I'm doing too much hyperanalysis, which is my tendency. I know that I've probably collapsed into my feelings. And so for me, it's a certain quality of thinking and a certain quality of feeling that I know. And it's, it's not, it's quieter. It's, 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 um, it's not so dramatic. It's, 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 it, it, it's, yeah, it's not that I'm not feeling anything. It's just, it's just the quality of the feeling is very different than when I'm revved up and, and all anxious. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I can pretty much tell the difference between, um, those feelings that are just, I'm just, I'm revving myself up about it um, because of the fear of the unknown and a new in a new decision there's some fear of the unknown my mind my imagination um, can go crazy and so in those moments that's not necessarily an indication for me that I've made the wrong decision it's just an indication that 
um, I've revved myself up and need to, to calm down. You know, I think we, we said that the metaphor of the pond, I need to sit on the bank of myself and let the pond come back to clarity. And, and so for me, it's more, it's not just feelings. It's a quality of feeling. It's a quality of thinking for me that, that is an indication of whether I'm on the right track or, or not. I love that distinction. And I also love how we, we, we really got to illustrate for our listeners, like for you, like for me, it happens before I make the decision, everything you just described, I experience that too, but I experience it before the decision where I hyper analyze every potential outcome or scenario. And I tell every shitty story in the book of what could happen. And then, um, we've talked about fear setting with, Tim Ferriss before where I will then walk myself through every worst case scenario and what would I do if it happened and kind of mitigate disaster and then I'll make the decision and then I feel the sense of relief whereas you make the you trust your gut trust your heart you make the decision and then you run through all of that (laughs) stuff and 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 both are very effective for the individual (laughs) yeah and I do love it that we have different experiences because you know as we say all the time Jen this is not prescriptive what we're talking about you our listeners are each unique and and they deal with things differently and uniquely but there's a quality of um you know there is a i think there is a quality of calm and groundedness when we when we make the right decision uh if it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily have to stay you know mine kind of <laughs> kind of comes and goes that that feeling of calm and 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 groundedness kind of comes and goes but but um but i can find it and i know that i'm making the right decision well, again, perspective, perspective versus prescriptive. Exactly. That's what we offer. You know, we offer different ways to look at scenarios and situations and life experiences in hopes that our listeners get perspective and then can make their own decisions from their own wisdom to at least get that parking lot car out of the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, Jen. And we are at our time today, um, but um, we wish our our listeners just you know the first of the year uh, it's a new year and um you're going to be wanting to make lots of resolutions maybe and and i i don't know that resolutions are the way to go but what is it that you want to create in your life how is it that you want to feel in your life and 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 what tiny movement or big movements can you make uh, that feel really grounded and and good to you today I love that. And I'm hosting an event um, just after the beginning of the year about such things and making sure that we are designing the lives we love to live through feelings and um, how we want who we want to be before we can do and have and make all the things. And I think the beginning of the year is a great time not to resolve, but to evaluate and assess and choose. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you for your time today, Jen, and thanks for tuning in, listeners. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Riffing on Realness podcast with Carla Royal and Jennifer Flynn. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend. We would truly appreciate it if you'd rate and review this podcast, which will help others find us. You can visit me, Carla, at CarlaRoyal.com. I am a mindset and performance coach working with high-achieving, high-performance entrepreneurs and business owners who are quietly dealing with too much mental chatter and anxiety. 
You will find Jennifer at thebalancemaven.com. Through her uniquely balanced approach, she combines an omnipresent intuitive gift with experienced informed strategies to help spiritually minded business owners safely explore their soul's edges and strategically build a business that is a vehicle for a life they love to live. We'll see you next time on Riffing on Realness. Thank you.